The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It has been just over 24 hours since the U.S. House impeached U.S. President Donald Trump. The president faced a single charge of incitement of insurrection after urging his loyal supporters to, quote, fight like hell against election results. And that speech was followed by a mob of his supporters storming the U.S. Capitol, resulting in five deaths. President Trump is now the only president in history to be impeached twice. And there has to be a process to... Uh, convict or not convict Trump, uh, which or find him guilty or not guilty, which likely won't happen until Democrat Joe Biden is sworn in next Wednesday. But to talk and explore uh, what has happened and what is next, we'd like to welcome U of A political scientist Dr. Greg Anderson back to the show. Welcome to Six City Chat again. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Can we start uh, with this uh, just to clear something up? This process, the the impeachment process is confusing to, uh, I think, a, a lot of, of Canadians. Uh, yesterday, I was getting lots of questions from listeners about impeachment and people saying, well, why are they saying that he's impeached if it hasn't gone to trial and he hasn't been found guilty? Can you explain that process for us? Well, it's it's a two-stage process. I mean, uh, you know, as we saw last this time last year, uh, we were going through an impeachment process, and you first get impeachment in the House, and then uh, those articles are presented almost like a, a trial setting uh, before all of the U.S. Senate. And so the House brings those impeachment articles that have been passed in the House over to the Senate, and the uh, members of the Senate sit as a, a kind of silent jury while the house managers, as they call them, the kind of the lawyers for the house, present their case, and then the administration has their people uh, present their defense. And, uh, you know, senators, very limited uh, capacity to ask questions and, uh, you know, raise objections. They literally do sit as a kind of silent jury in judgment. Interesting. Okay, so if um, if President Trump um, is found guilty, what does that mean for him moving forward uh, politically? I understand that uh, the Senate does have the power to bar him from holding office again. What do you know on that front? Well, I, I mean, I think that that's kind of a, a bit of an open question. And one of the things that's kind of unique about this impeachment trial is that it will take place after a new president has taken office. Yes. And, you know, I, I mean, I think there are lots of questions about whether or not, uh, you know, what's the point at this stage? Um, and do you, I mean, do you satisfy a kind of bloodlust to make, uh, you know, Trump pay for obviously what happened last week, but also, you know, four years of, of this kind of, um, you know, uh, activity, I suppose you might say. <laughs> or do you say, hey, look, you know, we've been through enough. Let's turn the page. Uh, you know, he's been impeached twice. Do we really need to go through this kind of trial exercise out now that he's left office? Um, and so there might be implications for Trump himself in terms of legal protections. Uh, you know, even I've even read that there's been some talk about whether or not he would receive a full a full pension, a government pension. Uh, you know, if he was actually convicted. But, you know, removal from office is a moot point at that stage uh, if, if this happens. And so, you know, you kind of have to think politically uh, about how far you want to press this and what gains there are to be made.
I think it's interesting, though, if, if there's the possibility that um, uh, they, they move or, uh, to um, bar him from holding office again. I, I'm wondering what impact that could have on, you know, if we're looking into 2024 and, and what that could mean for for the primaries and what that could mean for uh, the next Republican leader. Um, you know, when, when we're looking at that party right now, who is really um, next up? Who is, is, is there an heir apparent here? Well, I, I think that's what you've seen in the last few days. Uh, I mean, prior to the the, uh, the assault on the on the Capitol, you saw people like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, um, you know, really moving or trying to position themselves to become that heir apparent. To really, you know, they were challenging elections. Uh, they're going to do so formally, challenge the the presentation of the electoral college results in various states, and they were doing it as a, really a pure bit of political theater and nothing else. Um, it had no chance of real success, but. What they were trying to do was position themselves to become the heir apparent, maybe try to find a way to bring some of those Trump supporters their way, Mm -hmm. thinking about 2024. Yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch to see what happens uh, in the, in the coming months and the coming years on that front. Now we know yesterday ten Republicans voted to impeach um, President Trump. Not a single House Republican voted to impeach Trump in, in 2019. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell um, reportedly saying that he is not ruled out voting to convict or not um what does that what does that tell you um about where i guess where mitch mcconnell is and and where where the party is right now uh well you know depending on which news outlet you watch um Mm -hmm. these are the the cracks in the dam and it's going to become a gusher very very quickly and these are just the signs that uh they're all republicans are all going to throw Donald Trump under the bus and are eager to move beyond him. Um, but, you know, as you point out, there aren't that many. Uh, Mitch McConnell is sort of hedging a, a bit. And there are still lots and lots of Republicans, uh, you know, especially new Republicans that uh, won seats in the House. They still feel like they owe some of their election to Donald Trump and his uh, supporters. And so, you know, they're walking a really fine line. On the one hand, a lot of them are horrified at what's transpired over four plus years, but also what happened last week, obviously, was a kind of bright line that was crossed. But you can see them all doing a very delicate dance because they realize that this is, you know, Trump voters are are certainly a, a diehard segment of them, are a powerful constituency. Mm-hmm. And so they have to tread tread lightly because of exactly what you talked about, the the idea that they're going to get primaried and outflanked and then they'll suddenly be out of office. And so that's a real concern and you can see them dancing along that fine line very carefully. We, we know that uh, the trial could begin as early as, I think, you know, there's been talk of, of Wednesday, next Wednesday afternoon uh, as President-elect Biden's sworn into, into office, um, or it could be Thursday. There, there has been some pressure on the House Speaker um, 
Uh, I'm sorry, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, anyway, to, to hold back to, to yeah, the other House Speaker, that's right. Uh, American politics sometimes is confusing. Um, <laughs> to, to, to hold back, uh, to allow Biden to get inaugurated and start working on his priorities first before getting muddled down in this. Do you, do you think that that's, uh, you know, some good advice to Pelosi right now? Do you think, you know, if this is going on at the same time that, that Joe Biden, you know, day one, day two, of his presidency, is that going to, to impact, take away from, um, you know, maybe his messaging and what he's trying to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think all those are that you're, what you're saying reflects uh, some real tensions within the Democratic Party about how hard to push this. And, uh, you know, on the, it, it's unfortunate, but the, uh, the assault on the Capitol, in my view, really complicates Biden's first weeks and, and months in, in office because he doesn't have direct control over what goes on in the House of Representatives. And, and, you know, Democrats are really frustrated that they haven't been able to get any traction. And, you know, the, the, the last impeachment failed, they failed to remove him from office. There's a sense that somebody has to pay for what has transpired over the last uh, bunch of years. And yet for Biden, you know, he's been taking or talking a kind of centrist, uh, you know, let's bridge some divides here. Let's try and figure out a way to heal the wounds that have been created over the last four years. And so this puts him in a difficult spot because, again, he doesn't have that. that he can't call up Mitch McConnell and say, don't do this. Or he can't talk to Chuck Schumer, I guess it'll be, um, and say, don't do this. I mean, there's it has a life of its own, and yet it complicates things for, for a, a new president. And, you know, there's the question, there's the example. I don't think we'll go here, but uh, there's the example of President Ford pardoning Richard Nixon um, mm-hmm. cost him re-election. You know, he, he, Jimmy Carter came into office afterwards. People didn't really forgive uh, Gerald Ford, but that's turned out to be, historians look at that now as a very brave act um, to have, uh, he cost himself his own political career in many ways, and yet it went some distance to healing the country. Dr. Greg Anderson joining us this afternoon from the University of Alberta, the, the Department of Political Science. What does all of this do for the for the Trump brand? Um, we have seen uh, a number of businesses, different organizations uh, pull away from uh, President Trump and his family. Um, we, we, how big of an impact is that going to have on 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 him once he's no longer in office? Well, he's got some pretty serious uh, legal problems uh, in in his uh, formerly home state of New York. Um, And, you know, no pardoning. uh, He can't self-pardon himself out of that. And even if Biden pardoned him for federal stuff, he's still going to have big problems, financial and legal, uh, in New York. And so, you know, his and and you've seen in the last uh, just the last week or two how many, um, you know, whether it's uh, donations, political donations to Republicans uh, or even the about face by all of the social media firms, uh, you know, pulling anything connected to Trump uh, off their uh, off their sites, off their um, platforms. You know, you've seen a, a pretty a, a big change, a big sea change uh, that's going to make life a little bit difficult for uh, Trump and his business, his former business empire. Um, it's hard to see. It's kind of opaque because it's a private entity, and so its mm-hmm. its books are not open to public scrutiny. But the uh, everything that I've read suggests that he's been bleeding a lot of cash for a long time, and he owes a lot of people a lot of money, and that's all going to come due uh, after he leaves office.
What are you expecting um, from uh, President Trump after next week? How vocal do you believe that he is going to still be? How involved in politics um, do you expect him to still be and, and, and with the party? That's a really good question, and uh, I, I think uh, I'm as curious to find out what happens <laughs> as anybody. But I'm, you know, I, some some people think that he may fade away pretty quickly, um, and, you know, kind of become a bit of a, a, a an annoyance, like maybe Sarah Palin was, but then eventually just fade from view. What I what I kind of I don't really see him having the attention span, the stomach, the uh, the, the kind of the uh, uh, the wherewithal to turn his rabid supporters into a long-term political movement that requires detailed planning and work. And he's shown no appetite for anything like that over the last uh, four years. I also can't see him show you know, having a, like a political talk show. Um, I, I can't see him. He loves the spotlight, but I'm not sure he wants, he's, he's sort of up for the political substance that that would require. So it's, it's really, it'll be really interesting to see what he does because as I say, he likes the spotlight, but I don't think he likes the, details and the organization required to transform his loyal supporters into a genuine sort of political force that he can remain kind of the nominal leader of. There's millions of them. Um, we know, um, following what happened last week uh, at the Capitol, there is a, there's a lot of a lot of questions. I mean, first off, the security. I mean, we're 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 learning more every single day. I mean, right. in the days after that, Greg. I mean, when you saw some of that video, when you saw some of the things that that happened, what what was going on in there? What went through your mind? Uh, Gobsmacked, like everybody else. I mean, uh, yeah. you know the the um, you know there are there are protests, large mass protests and and uh, rallies all the time in Washington, and and uh, you know the they're usually prepared for this sort of thing, and so for a large gathering, uh, you know, to come and support Trump. Um, they, they were just so unprepared, it seems. And, uh, and just the, the actions of the Capitol Police, uh, you know, themselves, I mean, they were going to be overwhelmed and overrun, it looked like, very quickly. But the fact that there was no real preparation for deploying reinforcements and it came after the fact, I mean, there's going to be a lot of investigation of that for a long time to come. And then, of course, you know, there's been the discrepancy between uh, the reaction to uh, the the mob on Capitol Hill and, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter uh, riots, the police response to that over the summer. And so there's going to be a lot of recriminations around that for some time to come. How concerned are you um, that we are going to see more violence in, in, the, in the weeks ahead? Or how likely do you believe that we will see uh, more violence, more, more, more unrest in the United States? You know, it's entirely possible, um, and I mean, clearly they're already preparing. Uh, they got thousands and thousands of National Guard troops uh, already positioned around in and around Washington. Um, you know, the, the problem with some of these far right groups is that it's hard to gauge uh, how big they really are at times. Uh, you know, their online presence gives them a kind of an outsized footprint at times. But then it's hard to tell whether they're going to actually do anything at any given point in time. And so mm. I'm anxious about it. There's no doubt about that. Um, and uh, But, you know, can I predict? I don't know that anybody can, but they should definitely be prepared for it because <laughs> it's a real possibility. I mean, every, the whole country is on a knife edge. Yeah. And, um, you know, you don't all the videos of uh, Trump supporters going to Washington and heckling people on airplanes. And I mean, those are circulating all over the place. These are. 
these are really hardcore rabbit supporters. And, um, you know, so whether, whether they do anything in and around inauguration day or, or there's been talk of maybe state capitals being vulnerable on the same, in that same window of time, uh, it's a really good question. I hope not. Um, and, uh, I guess we'll just have to hope that people are prepared and, and, uh, that it doesn't happen. Uh, before I let you go, uh, what are you expecting from, um, President uh, from from Joe Biden in in the first you know few weeks um, in his, uh, of of his presidency. Well, he's. Uh, I think the first on his list is uh, you know trying to sort of reorient the federal response to the COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been really dumped into the states, and it's kind of been a haphazard, disorganized, uncoordinated effort uh, to. Just to, just to keep everybody on the same page. And certainly with the vaccine rollout, that's been a little uneven already as well. And so I think you're going to have a completely different orientation from what the Trump, you know, Trump's disinterest in that and dismissal of it um, are uh, well known. I think Biden is going to take a different approach to that altogether. And so that will be first on his agenda um, right out of the gate. Dr. Greg Anderson joining us this afternoon. I sure appreciate your time. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.